1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will be teaching from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 12 through 20. Immediately after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist and declared by God's audible voice from heaven that this was indeed his beloved son, Jesus went out into the desert alone. Mark only includes two short sentences about this, but the other gospels fill in much more about this journey like the specific ways that Satan tempted him, and how Jesus responded with the truth of God's word. And then Jesus returned and began his earthly ministry by preaching the arrival of the kingdom of God. Well, is that how every ministry should begin? What can we learn from his temptation and his earliest preaching? Pastor Jim will answer these questions all week, but here is today's slice of the message entitled, How to Start a ministry.
0: Mark moves us right along to Jesus' preaching ministry. So at least six months pass between verse 13 and verse 14. During those months, Jesus had been in Judea. That's the southern area just north of the, the wilderness. That's where Jerusalem is. He had gone into Jerusalem and cleared the temple for the first time. He will do it again before the cross. Uh, He has then headed for Galilee, and Jesus did something that was specifically, intentionally calculated to poke His finger in the spiritual eye of the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Jerusalem. He wanted to go from Jerusalem up to Galilee. The natural way to do that is to just walk there, go there. That would mean that you would walk through Samaria. Now the Pharisees and the Sadducees, in their great love for mankind, hated the Samaritans so much, they refused to set foot on Samaritan soil. So if they had to go from Jerusalem to Galilee, they would add at least one day, maybe two to their journey, to go all the way east, cross the Jordan River, go up the east side of the Jordan River, cross the Jordan River again and go into Galilee, rather than walk through Samaritan territory. So remember what Jesus did? it's almost a whole chapter of play in john's gospel john chapter 4 he walked through samaria and he stopped and he talked to a woman specifically shocking everybody there she was so shocked that she could tell by the way he looked at that, and dressed that jesus was a jewish man and here he was talking to her how, how could that be well that's the way jesus rolled if you will But now, he goes to Galilee, and what comes next, we're told in verse 14, is after John had been taken custody. He just assumes we know that, but John's going to loop back later, and he's going to explain to us in chapter 6 about John being taken into custody. But it was after John the Baptist's arrest that Jesus ministered extensively in Galilee. There was that six months of overlap. Now, he came into Galilee. That's the northern region of Israel. To the proud, arrogant, self-righteous, snooty Pharisees and Sadducees who were anchored in Jerusalem, Galilee was redneck country. That was the backwoods. That was the place where nothing significant ever happened and that was the place from which no one important ever came. Where did Jesus come from to be baptized? Nazareth in Galilee. Remember the, 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 the Pharisees were so twisted. They even said, well, no prophet ever came from Galilee. Well, they just didn't count anybody as important enough to have come from Galilee. Even though Amos did. Even though um, um, uh, Micah did. But he came there comes to Galilee, to the back country, if you will, preaching the gospel of God. Now, as we've said, the gospel was a word that was understood both in the Jewish culture, and it was used in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, and it was also used in, in, in Roman culture. The gospel was understood essentially as the announcement of the arrival of a king. Everything's going to be okay now because this guy's coming. That's the, that's the secular idea of it. In biblical terms, the gospel is always the message of salvation. 1 Corinthians 15.4 explains that the gospel that we have believed is that Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. So what is the gospel that Jesus was preaching before Jesus died and rose again? He wasn't preaching His own death and resurrection. He was preaching what's called here the gospel of God, the good news from God, the way of salvation from God. He was saying, What? The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? I'm the king, I'm here. So repent and believe in the gospel. Before the details of Jesus' death and resurrection, the gospel was closely connected in the mind of the Jews with anticipating the kingdom of God. Jesus was claiming to be the king, Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah that's the gospel and it's always a message of repentance the kingdom of god is at hand because the king is here now there isn't a a lot to say about this we've already talked about it a little bit in mark we'll see more but we want to emphasize again that if we want to have a ministry that is the kind of ministry that Christ wants we're going to need to be serious about resisting temptation by being strong in the Word of God, and we're going to faithfully preach the gospel, which we know now includes that Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again, according to the Scriptures. And we're going to always call people to repent and believe. Now, there's a third element. If you want to start a ministry the way Jesus did, resist temptation, preach the gospel, make disciples, verses 16 through 20. A very significant part of what Jesus did during His earthly ministry was pouring Himself into the lives of His men, His disciples. He eventually named them as the apostles. He poured Himself into those twelve men, one of which He knew from beginning was the son of perdition who would betray Him. Think about the majesty of the sovereignty of God that Jesus knew that and chose Him. That's... Pretty mind-boggling. Now, how did he choose his disciples? Well, he didn't send out a casting call. Um, I hear on the radio now that you should use Zip Recruiter. He didn't do that either. Uh, He did not conduct an essay contest. He did not spend several days interviewing interested candidates. Mark includes for us a little glimpse of how Jesus was so compelling that the men he chose immediately chose to follow him. Uh, Calvinists like to call that irresistible grace. It doesn't mean he steamrolls people's opposition. It means that he's irresistible. You can't, you can't turn him down. He also didn't choose all 12 of them at once. And uh, by the way, it wasn't immediate that all 12 of them followed him. That came in a couple of stages. We'll get to, the, um, to, to more of that later as we work through Mark. But we get to the beginning of the process in our text, and we'll close with this. Verses 16 through 20. As he was going along by the Sea of Galilee, up there in redneck country, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. Boy, how how wonderful is that? he completely ignores the uppity Pharisees and Sadducees. And he goes and gets some fishermen. Now, when somebody wants to put the word ignorant fishermen in front of that, have them go read books like, oh, John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Revelation, 1 Peter, 2 Peter. They weren't ignorant. But they were fishermen. Okay, so he... He saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net by the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat, mending Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and they went away to follow him. All right, we're going to stop there, but what have you seen today? Jesus has the power over temptation. He is still calling you to repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Believe the good news. Believe the gospel. He has authority over the lives of people, and He calls whom He chooses. Have you heeded His call? You you can hear the message countless times and harden your heart to it, but have you heeded the call? Have you reached out and repented? Are your many sins forgiven? Is it your joy to preach the gospel? Is it your joy to pass along the truths of the kingdom of God to somebody else? That's what making disciples is all about. That's how you start a ministry the way Jesus did. Now Father, thank You for all that is before us. Thank You for reminding us of these essentials. Our message does not change because of the people around us. Our message is always the Gospel. Temptation comes in so many forms, in so many ways, every day, all the time, and always the way to resist it is firm in Your Word. And Father, You've left us here because You have yet others the need to become disciples of Your Son, so use us in that process, we pray. Sweep away from any of our hearts anything that would get in the way of us being useful for that purpose. Please, as I always ask, please don't let a soul leave this place who has not turned to Christ. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.